think or we've been going through Act 2, the Labor Court of Act 2, and, and talk about that together. And we're going to look at today their example, as I said, of hospitality, but how we, by having a similar heart, can enjoy a similar heart in practice, we can enjoy all of the same, a lot of the same blessings that really were poured out on them, and even just what it means and what it shows about us and to have the heart of really hosting and being hosted, and we hold these convictions as well. But uh, so if you've got a Bible, we're going to turn to Acts 2, because we already started there. Uh, if you're taking notes this morning, you know, pens or phones or whatever, ready, we'll, uh, I'll throw some scriptures your way. You can go back and, and read and look into those. But before I get started, you know, keep your finger on that page, I wanted to give you a quick story about probably the most outrageously extravagant um, hospitality ever been shown. Okay? And the story starts May 15th of 2012, right? And Kristen and I were living in Portland, uh, but we were going to get married in Chicago in five days. And Kristen had flown to Chicago a few days before uh, to help get things ready for the wedding. And we were, for our honeymoon, we were going to be doing a, a road trip. So we are going to do some traveling. So what I needed to do was I had to drive our car from Maine to Chicago. That's a little bit of a trip. And uh, so what I decided to do, though, was that I wanted to get a couple of my groomsmen with me. And we were going to road trip together, have some shenanigans and some fun along the way. Uh, and it certainly was that. Police were only involved once. Uh, and but it was, it was a... It ended up being just an awesome adventure, and I'm so glad that I did it. But it started from, I drove down to Boston, where my, my guys flew in, I picked them up there, and we, we started, and in the first day of travel, we were going to go from Boston to a town kind of south of Cleveland. So that's, that's, a good, that's a good number of miles, it's a good way to travel, you know, in a day. But in that process, you know, I decided, probably that morning, Niagara Falls is only 40 minutes from there. I've never been there. We should go there, you know. So we, we uh, decided that morning we were going to try to do a little bit of a detour. And I, I communicated where we were supposed to stay was actually a, was with some disciples that Sue kind of knew somewhat distantly. And, and they said, oh, yeah, we'd love to host them and, and have them stay with us. And so, you know, I kind of texted and said, hey, we're going to take the trip to Niagara just to see the falls. And, so we deal with late uh, when we arrive. I said, okay, well, she wants to know when you guys want to arrive. She wants to put some food out for you and whatnot. Okay, okay, cool. It's a great idea. So about an hour out, we let them know that uh, we were going to be sitting there. And so, you know, my expectation at, at this point in my life, I mean, I, I just expected, like, couch, you know, um, floor. You know, I'm really lucky. You know, these folks would have a bed. Uh, and I didn't understand, like, married hospitality yet. <laughs> because I mostly just had, like, campus brother hospitality. But what was interesting to me is, is when it came to the food, too, you know, I, I, I expected it. I don't know really what I expected. Probably a bag of chips and some sandwiches, something like that. You know, and, and when I told her, I said, hey, we're going to be there. It was probably 9.45, and I said, we'll be there in an hour. 
disrespect the like, oh, okay, walk on, you know, come on in. Okay, like, here's some food and the bed's down, you know, you can sleep down here or over here and whatever. You guys get what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't expect any more than that because it's so late. I, mean, I already felt like very welcome because they're having this over and we're showing up late. And we weren't planning on staying very long the next day. I had no idea who these people were and never met them before, I didn't really ever talk to them before, and I literally have never seen them since. We were a big card, and that was it. I have had no more communication with this couple since then. Uh, so when I got there, we arrived at 1045, I didn't really expect to meet somebody with the warmth of like meeting my long lost mother. <laughs> but that's sort of what happened. Okay, so I walk in and they're just like, oh, we have a good... And apparently her husband's already in bed, her kids are in bed, and she's like, do you need me to help your bags? And I'm like, no, I don't need me to help your bags. You know what I mean? I'm like, what about your guys? No, okay. Uh, come on, you're good. And we show up. And <laughs> it was, I didn't expect what we ended up with, because I walk in, and literally there's, there's four different meat options. Like this, this woman had made hamburger, she made hot dogs, she made sausages, she made barbecue chicken. She put out like three to four different sides. She put out a salad option, she had multiple dessert options. She had like multiple different drink options. And I'm like, I literally, I remember thinking like, so did you, uh, did you like host a, a party or something this tonight? Because Literally, this is enough food to feed 10 of us. <laughs> and I say 10 of us, saying, like, I think if I remember right, I ate a burger, a hot dog, a piece of barbecue chicken, sides, and a salad. And I still am telling you there was enough food to feed 10 of us. Like, it was, there was so much. And she's like, no, I just, I want you guys to have options. And it just, uh, and, and then I realized, like, this food is so hot. I'm like, hold on, you just made this. She's like, yeah, when you texted me, I just I started with the grill. And I'm like, you grilled for me at 10 o'clock at night. I, I mean, these are the things going through my head. And she was just like, yeah, no, it's great. Do you need anything else? Can I get you anything? And she stayed up until like, we were totally in bed, and, and she was engaged with us. And it just felt like, I'm, I'm here in present, do you need anything? And she goes, and your beds are made up downstairs, and I go downstairs. Literally, that's probably one of the most comfortable beds I've ever slept in. <laughs> you know what people like? Uh, it's, it was a very that these people were, were doing well financially, okay? I mean, it was, it was a nice place, and they were doing well, but they went to, like, add all the little amenities but, like, that they could think of for guests. And I'm used to, like, as I said, couch, and if a guy gives you a towel, you know, you're like, that's awesome. <laughs> that was very thoughtful. <laughs> uh, that was the level of hospitality I'm used to. And so this is like just over the top. And so we, we go to bed, and, and we stay up for a while, but we end up going to bed, and we sleep in a little while. She said, just whenever you're ready, you know, I'll have breakfast for you in the morning. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, thinking like, And I remember going upstairs 
And, and they go exactly downstairs and be like, I do not get Because <laughs> we go upstairs and her, her husband's already gone, her wife, her, her kids are already gone to school. And there is literally like a continental breakfast. Like insane. And, and I'm asking like, so, so did you, did your kids have this? And she's like, yeah, they had some, I think she said they had like, But that, again, it was one of these things where literally, I mean, it was, so I made a list of it because I was trying to think through it last night. There were fresh made biscuits with jelly. There was bagels. There was toast. There was sausage. There was bacon. There was eggs. There was fresh cut fruit. Like literally she'd like gone to the store and bought fruit and come back and cut the fruit. Like, and made fruit bowls. There was fresh orange juice. There was, like, I mean, there was granola. There was yogurt. There, I mean, and then she's like, do you guys want omelets? Like, there's literally eggs. And she's like, just do you want omelets? She's going to make us omelets. I'm like, where am I right <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, just like it was overwhelming how present she was and just wanting to give. And, and the thing that, so I remember even thinking, like, <laughs> and if you know me, right, you know that I'm into that. But here, I, I just see this, like, this woman, and really, I asked her, I was like, wait, like, this is, this is a lot. She was just love having people, and we're going to chance we who we can. I mean, God's really blessed us, and we just want to do what we can for other people. I mean, that was just her heart. And it was blatantly that she just wanted to have people in her home and she just wanted to host them and, and that was the most extreme level of hospitality like like I think of, of like that goes beyond like a gold standard you know what I'm saying like you have like the gold level and then there's like that weird premier tier of, like the older rich guys yeah. it, it, it's like the platinum level right I mean the gold standard I think of is like the, the Slaters when we were moving here. I mean, they just do an incredible job of being uh, exceptional hosts and, and they just welcome people in. Ralph and Sue are great at that. The Leafs are really great at that. I mean, you know, and, and I know that uh, when they have people come over, it just, it's great. But this was like nothing I'd ever seen or heard of. And it just raised the bar for me like, okay, well, what can I do when I host people? And remembering that like, I want to do this because this is what I've been doing. And it's not always that easy. So when I when I look at how does this how does this story all relate to what we're talking about today? Well, we were just travelers, right? We were just coming through town, we weren't planning on staying there. And we were people that just were passing through. And when you think about the book of Acts, and we look at Acts 2, right? We've been talking about how in Acts, these folks had, they had, in, what is it, Acts 2, verse 5, it said, disciples from every nation, right, or Jews from every nation, had come to Jerusalem. They had pilgrim, pilgrimage for Passover, to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. There's tens of thousands of extra people in the city. And then the first Christian sermon is preached, I mean, you know, the church starts officially, right? And 3,000 people become Christians the first day. 
right? I mean, in, in the next chapter, you still see that soon the church was 5,000 men. I mean, so we know that, like, the church was growing really fast. People were becoming Christians every day. They were growing. As we talked about this, so when we looked at Acts 2, we talked about how they were devoted to some of these things. Right? And we're going to look at this here in just a moment. But actually, let's read this passage right now. Right? We're going to read Acts 2, 42. If you haven't memorized this yet, I'm sure you will soon. Because we've been looking at it so frequently. But that's what's beautiful about the Bible is, is if we pay close enough attention and we keep studying and we keep trying to understand, there's so much to learn, even from one passage, that can lead us to, to different things. But Acts 2, verse 42, <clears throat> says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the, breaking, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So last week, we broke down what it really means to have fellowship, right? Last week, in, in, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about what it means to have fellowship. We talked about that, that fellowship, it doesn't mean hanging out. It doesn't mean uh, meetings of the body. It, it doesn't mean just spending time together with other Christians. That fellowship, koinonia, is, is this idea of a spirit of generous sharing. And it overflows in an outpouring of sharing our practical resources. You guys with me? Okay. So, what we're going to be looking at talking about today, it's going to build on that. It's going to build on, as, as we dig in, this concept that fellowship isn't this time together. It's just, it's koinonia. It's sharing this. And you see that as they broke bread in one another's homes, that they're experiencing koinonia. Right? And in this passage, when uh, it says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread in uh, verse 40, right? it says verse 42. It also says down in verse 46 here, if you guys look at it, that they broke bread in their homes. And so certainly, it absolutely means that they were taking communion regularly together. Okay, when it talks about breaking bread, it's, it's definitely still talking about um, the act of taking communion, but it, it also is just talking about the act of sharing a meal, of spending time together, and, and fellowshipping, and having that koinonia, where you're you're sharing Christ, you're sharing a meal, you're sharing your experience of, of fellowship in Jesus, and it, it's so much deeper, but where does this happen? Right? Where do you see this happening? It's not just at the temple courts, right? I mean, we, it, it's not just like this would be the equivalent of the temple courts, where we come together and hear some word and the, the apostles preach, but it's happening in the home. And one of the things that I want to pull out of this passage today is the, the Christian's devotion to 
being hospitable, how they, they opened their homes up. They had a deep conviction about hospitality. You guys know what I mean? And so I have, I have three points. I'm going to try to keep them close together if I can, all right? And, but the first one is deep hospitality, right? Being hospitable towards believers. If you're going to make a supplement or dash, whatever, deep hospitality. Being hospitable towards believers. You know, you can see that in throughout the New Testament, it was common, like hospitality was just, it was an expectation. It's where they met. There was no churches yet, because then nothing had been built up to do that. There was no system in that way. Uh, when the Christians could meet in the synagogue, they would, but oftentimes they were getting kicked out of the synagogue because there was division that began or, or discord that began to happen between the Jews and the Christians, and the Jews would end up kicking them out and, and not allowing them in. But where they could, they would go and they would have that, and then they would start meeting each other's homes and living there. As people traveled from place to place, even they would stay with other Christians in their homes. Right? And so if you look right at that, you can check it out. But in 1 Corinthians 16, at the end of the chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, Romans 16, and Colossians 4, all being at the end of those chapters, you're going to find that there's a greeting saying, hey, say hi to this person, say hi to these folks, and, and, and the church who meets in their house, who meets in their home. And even if you read, you get the context in, that as Paul traveled, I mean, he stayed in people's houses. It wasn't like he'd go to them. They're just there to help each other and serve each other. And, and that's what it was like. You know, Romans 13, uh, Romans 12, verse 13, it says, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Right? I mean, this, this idea, it was calling two Christians to say, Hey, if you're a disciple of Jesus, right, you want to be opening your home. Now, if I, if I were to say, Hey, um, we actually asked, we said, hey, can anybody host uh, any of the camp swap folks? If you're willing and you're able to host the camp swap people just for a meal. Right? And with that idea of saying, are you going to, you're going to have food there. You're not going to just do like some finger sandwiches and stuff. Or if we ask you to say, hey, can you host somebody uh, in the evening? The implication is, yeah, there's going to be some food. Right? It's just, it's, it's what's there. It's what people do. If you were to host a family group in your house, right, what are you going to do? You're going to provide some form of refreshment, right? It's just as, as a host, it's what you do. You know? Because there's something that just a human being that it's appropriate a lot of times to do that. Now, not always. Not everybody knows that. I think men don't quite get that as well as I think women. Uh, but it's, it's something that we're talking. This is this is how you welcome somebody into your home. You have even if it's something simple, you have tea and cookies or, or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about? And here Paul is writing. He goes, share with the Lord's people who are in I mean, this is koinonia right here. Romans 12 verse 13, as we talked about before. It's it, literally that's koinonia, but the word for share. And so when you talk about this, here they're, they're saying, help, 
practice hospitality, when they come into your house, share what you have with them. It's just an expectation of what we do among believers. You guys believe? And so, when we think about it though, the chance that we get to connect, we get to love, we get to serve someone, we get to mutually encourage someone's faith. And that's the point of the You're sharing more than just your, yes, your practical resources, absolutely, but you're sharing in Christ at those times too. You're, when you break bread in one another's homes, don't we pray before we eat? I hope so. But, you know, we're, we're praying, we're remembering Jesus, um, and we're trying to reflect on what we've been given. That's hospitality. And the, the early Christians knew that, but they still had to be somewhat taught, right? So, so it's wrong. It's not totally natural. Here's another passage. Look at Philemon 1. Uh, in, in just verse 6, it says this. And I remember hearing this in a totally different context growing up as a young Christian. Anybody know what this verse says off the top of their head? The 1984, huh? Yes. So, huh? Yeah, it's, it's Philemon 1, verse 6. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we share in, or we have in Christ. The newer translation, if you have a new one, is a little bit different. And, and I find I've read a couple different translations of this passage recently. But this is, again, the word koinonia, and sharing of your faith. It doesn't mean to go out and, like, it's not talking about just evangelism, right? Though I do think we should be active in sharing our faith. But he's, he's saying, if you look at the, the Greek, it's talking about being effective in, in koinonia, in sharing, in, in using that. And as you, because in doing it, it's going to help you grow in your understanding of Christ. You know, of, of all the good things we have in Christ. And so as, as we, as disciples, just serve and love and present hospitality to one another, right? We get to reflect on why we do it and what we do. It reminds us of Christ. Here's what I mean. Okay. You know, this is so rude. So, uh, but I think when we, it's, it's something that as we do together, it's, it's, it's something we do because of the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Right? You know, we have become brothers and sisters. We become family. And, and we need to connect and support each other in our spiritual journey. And I love hearing, you know, we had last night, like, the Robins went over and had dinner at the Woodleys and they got time together. And I know that, that hospitality happens around the church. And I think we actually do a pretty good job. Really, I do. But I think it's going, making sure our hearts are right and figure out how can we do more. And, and uh, a couple months ago, I, I put it out there and said, hey, Let's work on being each other's houses and, and hosting and being hosted. And I gave the challenge of host one, be at one. Right? How would that go? How's it going? Presenting that. You know, and, and maybe if you live far away, right? If you're Montpelier or Middlebury, that's a little bit harder to do. But thinking about, you know, we got enough to get about the folks who are farther out. Say, hey, just come have dinner with us at our place, right? Uh, but how can we do what we can to be hospitable and to care and to take care of one another? Especially to serve each other in that way. 
You know, there goes to it goes to an even deeper level. Let's take a look at the second point: deeper hospitality. All right, come on, Mike. Being hospitable towards neighbors and community members. Uh, turn over to Acts 18 really quick. Actually, you, you know what? Just write. Go to Acts 18. Easier. 
Christians just want to convert them. And, and when we're not interested, we just move on. And I, I want to acknowledge that you can only have so many friends at one point. You know, like, there's only so many people you can keep up with. But I do think that we've got to continue to love, try to love people, even when they don't seem like they're open right now. Because that's just part of love. Like, that's what Jesus, like, calls us to, is just to love people. And when they still continue to see our lives, how we act, how we treat them, that's powerful. Maybe there's a time that we're, we're planting, we're, we're watering some, and who knows what God's going to make it grow. But we get to have people over and we get to serve them. You know, I've been working on my neighbor for months now, trying to get this guy and his wife to come and have dinner with me. Literally for probably a year. It's more than a month. It's been like, since the first time I brought it up, a year. Just, I've been like, I didn't quite say, why don't you just come over? What kind of beer do you like? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy some. And like, you know, he's like, well, I like Kenny Tucker. It's like, great, I like Kenny Tucker too, so I'll have some. You know, and, and they come over and I'm like, hey, I texted him three or four times, hey, I've got something you want to come over. I'll hang on to it for you. And I'll leave it in my fridge for a while. And then it's like, you want to, you got any time? We think it's like maybe on the Saturday. No, this I mean, multiple times this has happened. I don't want to give up on it. I'm not going to give up on it. But literally last week, I had the thought. I literally had the thought. I just need to forget about this. And and even in studying this out, I was like, amen, God. Like, I think he literally prepared me with that thought. So that as I studied it out, I can remember this. That this is part of the sharing of the love of Christ and not giving up on people. You know, and so, in our digital world, people need this. Life has become so personal and digital. When you get a chance to pull someone into your house, it's a powerful thing. You get to share a meal to break some bread and, and do that, that devotion to that practice of hospitality, of, of sharing a meal with whether it be strangers or with disciples. Strangers, it's, it's powerful. With your community and with your neighbors, it's powerful. You know, next week we're going to have our, our agape papa. And it's an opportunity to love our community and invite our neighbors. Yeah. You know, I hope you will. I hope you will, maybe today, call somebody before they make a plan for next weekend and say, hey, we're doing this thing. I'd love for you to come. We're going to do a potluck after the service. It's, it's, we'd love you, I'd love it if you'd come and be there with us. You know somebody who lives in the Old North End? Invite them. They live there. Mm-hmm. Right? If, you, if they don't live there, still invite them. But like, this is an opportunity to bring bread to share a meal to do something a little bit different and special with them. So, invite them to come, amen? Yeah. And I think of, of so as, I, I do want to put it out there, next Saturday, we have these, uh, we have some NESA folks coming up. So, New England School of Missions, uh, interns, ministry leaders from, from all over New England uh, go to the School of Missions. And what they try to do is every year they try to send up to our local mission churches, they try to send out their to be like, hey, go serve one of our mission churches just be there for a weekend. So they're actually coming up next weekend and what I just said we're going to do is we're going to get out there in the whole north end and we're just going to hang out in that area. There's a park up there there's obviously a lot of people live there and we're going to reach out to people. You know, 
We will go play some sports in one of the parks. We'll go, we'll knock some doors, we'll walk around the neighborhoods, and we'll talk to people. I would encourage you to come and stretch your faith. For the year, we put it out there to go prayer, share, care, and dare, right? Those are those are the things that we've been talking to people to pray about and, and be on. What's in the prayer card? I'm daring you to step out of your comfort zone. Okay? And come. I know you will be uncomfortable. I will be uncomfortable with you. <laughs> but we get to bring Jesus to people's lives. Right? And it's not like we do this all the time. I think we can do it more. But let's just take a step now. You know, put aside two hours for next Sunday. And come out with us. Uh, I'll make sure an email goes out. We'll plan it. We'll let you know. These are the best times when we're going to be there. But come and just walk around the neighborhood. And let, let people know, hey, at this community center right here, the one that you live, like right next to, we're going to be having a potluck for the community. And we'd love if you would join us. It's, it's called the Agape Potluck. It just means love. And we're just trying to love the community that, that we're in. There you go. That's simple. They're like, no, I don't want your love, free food. Come on. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just an opportunity to, to share that and love people. So, stretch yourself. You with me? Amen. So, but here's, here's the deepest love. It's going to go one more. Deepest hospitality. Alright? Being hospitable towards strangers and those who cannot pay you back. Go to Luke 14. That's good stuff. Um, I'm a little embarrassed because I actually was in, in studying this out. I uh, actually forgot about this passage. And when I read it, <laughs> I literally said, wait, what? Um, in in the context of this, Jesus is speaking. He's, he's been at the house of the Pharisee and they all the people of honor and just been talking to them about being like, hey, Some might think, okay, well, that's, he's, he's just prepping for a theological argument. 
And, and I think he tried to ease it, but uh, I didn't know him. But we decided to do that. And really, I think that's the Christian thing to do. I'm, I'm not trying to exalt and say that we've done all these great things. I'm trying to say that was actually a real struggle to come to that conclusion, to do that. And, and I'm really glad we did. And I love Rome. But it, it, it worked out. But I just think of the idea of how are we doing at showing hospitality, right? It says in Hebrews 3, verse 12, write this down. It says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. It says, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You know, I'm not going to get into, you know, the theology of angels. But the point is, hey, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers who we don't know. How can we as Christians? And the reason it was a struggle for us, honestly, was materialism. I was, I was more concerned with protecting my material things than I was concerned about living out the love of Jesus. Or, or at least I was battling with those concerns. Yeah. And they're real. And, and obviously there's the concerns of safety issues. Now, am I saying invite the homeless folks to come and stay in your home and, and create security risk for yourself and all of that? I'm not advocating that. But I am saying, like, I'm not telling you to do that, but I am I'm telling you to pray. Yeah. I'm telling you to pray and read your Bible and figure out what are your motivations keeping you from doing it. What is the Holy Spirit telling you that you need to be doing as disciples of Jesus in loving strangers? Right? In, 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 in living out koinonia. Right? Living, living that out. Now, if you haven't listened to that fellowship or that sermon for two weeks ago, you're probably super confused. You should listen to it as online. But I encourage you to pray about it, to think about it. And, and let's take our conviction about hospitality deeper. It, it, it may take you time, and it will be a challenge, I guarantee you. It, it's going to be a challenge for me to go and talk to that man. But we need to do it. And, and, and just putting it on there, you know, look at First Timothy 5, uh, verse 8 really quickly, just, just to, to add a little bit more to it. show you this really fast. It surprised me. First Timothy 5 verse 8 through 10 says if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. No widow may be on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, watching the Jesus saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Hospitality was an expectation in their society. Like to, to, that was a common good work. If you if it's something that you know, that a widow wasn't known for being hospitable, they could look at it and go, see. The list of widows was a, a welfare, to keep it in that context. It was welfare for the church to take care of one another. And of, of the Christians specifically, it was only for Christians. 
and Christian widows. And so a widow could not qualify for that because much of it was a look at the sincerity of her faith by the practice of these good deeds. Like they, they would they would disqualify and say, hey, this is what the expectation is for being on this list. When you talk about being a deacon in the church, when you talk about being an elder in the church, there are qualifications that say, hey, we expect you to be hospitable. These are some of the things that you the basics you have to excel at of being hospitable. And so the question just comes in, how highly do we regard hospitality in the church? What is your definition? You know, and can you take it a little bit deeper? You know, it's, it's, um, it's not about being reciprocated. It's not about getting something back. And, and I think we just need to consider that it's about just loving people and serving someone in need, um, not because they're they're worthy of our love, but just because they're a good person. You, it, you think of the good the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and I'll wrap up here in just a minute, but you think of the good story of the Good Samaritan. What did that guy do? He, he found the man, he picked him up, he took him, he took care of him, he took him to an inn, he gave him food, he gave him medicine, what he had, he even went and he paid for the guy. And, and while it's not his own house, he found a place for him to stay. He provided that for him. And then the innkeeper said, give him whatever he needs. He was responsible for that man's hospitality. And you know who it focused on? That story focused entirely on the Good Samaritan. The, the person in need, they never tell you, how did that guy respond? What did he do? What was his reaction? Because the story's not about him. It was about just being a person who's going to love and serve and give and, and share what they have. Right? That's Jesus' point. And we've got to think this is why we do it too. If we tend to we tend to do these things sometimes based on we want to get a result out of it. I want to invite this person over so that I can share my faith with them. So that I, like we have motive, right? And what I'm saying is, yeah, we that can be a motivation. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a motivation at all. I think it can be a motivation. It should not be your primary motivation. Right? Our primary motivation should be to love people. To just express the love of Christ. Because that's what we've been given. You guys with me? And in choosing to do that, and if, if sometimes we've done it in the past where we've been hospitable, and we stop doing it because, well, it didn't work, and this person didn't work, and that person didn't work, and this person, this disciple never said thank you, and that relationship never really went anywhere, and then eventually we just stop doing it because we feel like I'm just not getting the results that I want. You guys with me? That's all the wrong reasons. That's, those, are the, those are the minor motivators. The primary motivator needs to be, I do it because my God loves me, and I love you. You with me? Awesome. All of this we do because he first loved us. We love people because he first loved us. Right? We serve and share because we have been served and shared by Jesus. 
And so when you think about this idea of, of breaking bread, there is so much that I could talk about more in the concept. And I know last year I preached a whole sermon on the concept of breaking bread uh, in the past and in the, what it means about communion and all of that. This time I want to focus on what can we learn about the Christian habits of just being devoted. You learn, we can see that they wanted each other in their homes. They held it as a deeply, it was a part of the culture, of the society, of Jewish culture, absolutely. But Jesus took it to the next level. He always takes it to the next level. Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Not to get repaid, but because it's the because you have already been given to. Here's the heart of it. And so, as you, you go, I encourage you, dig into the scriptures, do a Bible study of your own on this. But I, I want you to, to pray about it. To think about how you can do it. Um, and when you, we look at our upcoming service, right, the Agape service is going to be next week. Literally, it's a great opportunity to practice all three levels of this. Like, we share food with fellow believers. We get to invite our friends and our neighbors, as well as people we don't even know. And you get to have the opportunity to show them hospitality. And here's what I encourage you to do. When you show up next Sunday, you be ready to just grab the love of Jesus. Not your love, the love of Jesus. And I say Jesus is because if you're feeling a little low that day, it needs to not be about you and them. And, and come in, and you see a stranger, if someone comes in and they smell bad, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. Like, I'm gonna... If we have some folks come in who they don't smell good, we can avoid them. We, they, they seem a little shady. Just, I want to encourage you to love them. I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to do strive to be beyond that. Okay? But greet as many people as you can. Love as many people as you can. Break bread. Share your love. Share Jesus. Share the scripture. Right? And Larry's got some extra invites. We have extra invites up here. If you need invites, I'm going to bring more with me uh, when we go out and we meet people. But take some with you this week. And when you see, when we look at the scripture, we see that the disciples were devoted to breaking bread. We certainly know that they're sharing in the body and the blood of Christ. But remember also that it's about sharing a meal and an experience at a time together. And for this to happen, we've got to have a great deep conviction that I do this because God has first loved me. Let's love people that's welcome into our homes because God has welcomed us in his, you know,